0: At the end of the day, it's those feelings of like, you go to bed and you're like, I feel like I was productive, I feel good, I I like what I did, instead of hitting the pillow and being like, I don't even know what happened today. Something did, I never stopped moving, but I couldn't even tell you what I did. Hello, and welcome to the Lucy Liu Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, hello beautiful souls.
1: Welcome back to episode 191. I'm super pumped as I just came back from a vacation that I exchanged from miles to Hong Kong. I'm super duper excited for the summer ahead, especially I will be taking a two-month vacation away from this podcast to focus on my book launch. I would be so grateful if you can purchase a copy of the book, which is called Confident and Epic, 21 Decisions to Your Best Life. So head over to Amazon and search for Confident and Epic, and it will launch on August 8th. Contemplating the past 40 years, I didn't have a specific turning point or sudden epiphany that changed the course of my life. But at 40 years old, right now, I truly believe that it was the many decisions I made along the way, through these years that got me to where I am today. And no matter where you are in life, if you still have an inner desire to change something that you know should be and needs to be changed, I believe you can, and I believe it more than you believe it in yourself. So head over and grab the book on Amazon. Send me a screenshot of your purchase to get a special invite to my upcoming course. So I'm really excited to hear from you. I'm also looking to put my book in as many libraries across America as possible. So if you would like to support and purchase a copy and donate to a local library, head over to LucyLoucoaching.com slash donate, and you can help me accomplish this goal. Thank you in advance. And I have a super exciting guest today. In today's world, we have more conveniences than any other time in history. And yet, we've never been busier. It doesn't matter if you're single or if you have 10 kids, life only gets busier. So keep your headphones on. It's time for a better approach to balancing busy. And that's why I am excited to introduce you my guest today, Leah Remlet. Leah is an international speaker, podcast host of Balancing Busy and a systems strategist for time-starving entrepreneurs and professionals. Leah has helped thousands of small business owners ditch the overwhelm and start scaling without sacrificing their home life, health, and happiness. Leah and I both believe that you can make an incredible income and do it all in less time. So here's Leah, enjoy our conversation, and I'll see you back in September. Welcome to the show Leah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is such a fun conversation to have because I'm all about work less and accomplish more and I know you talk about this a whole lot as well. So very excited
0: to have you here. Yes, we are a perfect match. This is the we're we're speaking our each other's love language.
1: (laughs) Lovely. Well, you know, when we talk about working less and accomplishing more, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is probably what people so called work life balance. Do you think work life balance
0: actually exists? I do. I actually do. And I was terrified for a while that it didn't. I, there's a lot of people who say, oh, it's, it's not a real thing. And that felt so discouraging because if it didn't exist, then I'm like, what is the point? So, yes, it does exist, but it doesn't look the way we think it's going to look. There's a lot of flexibility that needs to happen in order to have work life balance. It's not equal time. It's not, I'm going to put eight hours in work and eight hours in my relationships, and eight hours in my exercise. Of course, that's ridiculous. It is about putting the right amount of time into each of the spaces of our life that matter most so that everything feels good. And that's what work-life balance is. It's feeling balanced in all the areas of our life.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think it's really about priority choosing, Yes, right? It's, it's not imperfect balance. I love how you said that. It's not equal. It's not a win-win situation, but it's about you. It's about you winning in your life because
0: you get to decide how that looks like. Oh, that's exactly. It's what matters most to you. I think one of the things that actually hurts us a lot is that we set up goals based on external ideas of validation. And I've done that. You know, we we're climbing the corporate ladder. We're going for certain positions. We're trying to reach these certain income brackets or whatever it is because someone has told us that is what success looks like. And so we say, okay, well then I'm going for it. And then you get there and you have this feeling of like, why doesn't this feel better? Why does it feel kind of empty? And it's because it wasn't actually in alignment with our core values. So when we establish This is what matters most to me. These are the things I care about. And then we are ruthless about being focused on those things and being okay saying no to the other things. That's when our lives, instead of going from survival mode, from feeling like we're surviving, we actually feel like we're thriving. And that thriving feeling is that work-life balance. Everything just feels good. It doesn't mean there's not hard stuff in there, but at the end of the day, it's those feelings of like... You go to bed and you're like, I feel like I was productive. I feel good. I I like what I did. Instead of hitting the pillow and being like, I don't even know what happened today. It did something did. I never stopped moving, but I couldn't even tell you what I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true. And I think behind every woman like us who creates full-time income on very little part-time hours had a story of really hard work behind us. And for me, I hustled in my early years for sure. I I remember working until, you know, the dawn hours. I remember getting off work at 5 a.m. What was your story?
0: Very similar. So (laughs) I think both of us, we jumped into that hustle harder mentality, right? Like we're like, okay, I know how to work. I'm a good worker. I'll, I'll do it. I'll give up whatever I need to give up. And it sounds like for both of us, sleep was one of the things that that we gave up. And I had little, little kids. I would put them to bed at 8 p.m. And I was a stay-at-home mom and running my company and trying to do it all. I'm our sole provider. I'm the stay-at-home mom. My husband was in graduate school, so he was gone all the time. And I just decided, well, I, I can do it all. And I've learned that we can be it all, but we cannot do it all. But at that point, I was trying to do it all. And so I'd put the kids down at about eight and I would work till 5 a.m., literally sometimes until my head hit the keyboard. I mean, I would, bam, hit the keyboard and drag myself to bed. And I continued this for about 18 months. And I figured out that I could go three to four nights doing that. And then I would do one night where I'd get four to six hours of sleep. And then I would start my cycle again of course, this is not sustainable. And so one day I, uh, I would take the kids once a week to an activity. And it was honestly the four hours of 168 hours that we have in a week that I actually felt like a good mom because I wasn't distracted because, you know, I would, I would take them either to the zoo or the children's museum or one of these places. And we were at the zoo one day and everything started closing in on me. My, I was losing my vision, my hearing, everything was going black. And when I woke up, I was being put into an ambulance and my three kids were holding hands. One of them was in the stroller. My three-year-old is holding my two-year-old's hand and my my six-month-old is sitting in the stroller. And I just saw my three-year-old's eyes and they were so big and she was so scared and her mommy is being taken away and she's being left alone with her siblings. And I knew in that moment this had to change. I would fix this or I would walk away from my company, which was really scary because who the heck was going to pay the mortgage and put food on the table. But there was no way that I was going to risk them again. And that's when I got obsessed with the work-life balance, with building systems and workflows and automations and and just anything I could that could save me time because there was no way I I could sustain that anymore.
1: Oh, I totally feel you. I totally feel you. So what did you do to increase your productivity and change that?
0: Okay. So at first I was trying to find a one magic thing that was going to just take care of it all. Right. I think we all feel that we're like, where is that red easy button or that magic answer? And I tried to find that. And I finally had to accept and understand that does not exist. And anyone who's trying to tell you it does, We need to be wary, right? So what I started looking for instead were needle movers. And what I basically look at as a needle mover is it's one thing that I can place into my life. Maybe it's my business. Maybe it's my personal life. I mean, I've got them everywhere and it saves me just a little bit of time. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes it's bigger. Sometimes it's an hour. And those are like really exciting. But when you stack enough of those needle movers, you start saving 15 minutes, 30 minutes, hour, and I took my, I was working somewhere between 90, 100 hours a week. It was insane. I mean, no one keeps track when you're a workaholic. It's not like you want to know how much you work, right? So I was not keeping track, but I took, I took that and I just kept implementing. So I'm implementing anywhere where I can automate maybe I could outsource, maybe I could batch, maybe I could time block, you know, all these different things that we learn about. I started working on finding all these different things that worked. And I will say what they were talking about when I was trying to figure this out, this is like 2010. And back then all this stuff was still for corporate America, like men, It was not for women who are working remotely, working from home, working from our laptops, you know, trying to balance the shuffle of, you know, travel or kids or, or a million other things. So I had to figure out what works for us as women. And I had to throw out a lot of the strategies that they were suggesting because they don't fit for us. And so as I found more and more of those, and I just started stacking those in, I brought my hours down to about three days a week and it was part-time hours and and I never lost a penny of profit. And then I got so excited because I'm like, there's no way I am the only woman struggling with this. At first I thought maybe I was. I thought it was a me problem and I was ashamed and I was embarrassed. And then I finally realized, no, this is a we problem. And then that's when I got so excited and honestly kind of obsessed because it's my personality to share it with others and be like, okay. There is a better way, ladies, we can do this and we can have both what we love and what we dream about and what lights us up. Like, I think these things that are put on our heart, these missions that we have, there's a reason and we're meant to share them, but not at the expense of our home or our health or our happiness. And so now I just get so excited about showing women like how, how we can have both.
1: Oh, I love the enthusiasm in your work. And it's so true <laughs> as women when we're younger, we so pride ourselves in being multitaskers, right? We oh, yes. we think of it as our strength. Like I remember I used to really pride in myself in being multitasking and like just being able to do more. The more we can do at the same time, the better. And yet that leads to burnout that creates problems. And by then, I finally learned that we have to be like men and really single task. We don't have to be the multitasking mom and business owner,
0: right? Yes. And you know what is so crazy? I I felt the same way. Like, oh, you mere mortals, you can only do this and this. <laughs> I'm doing that, right? So ridiculous. Well, it turns out only 2% of the population is actually capable of multitasking. 2%. Guess what? The majority of your amazing, incredible listeners, you're probably not the 2% and neither am I. I'm not either. And once I acknowledged that and started working in a, in a smarter way, I was getting so much more done and feeling more calm. Like not that constant, just frazzled, frantic, chaotic feeling that literally just lived on my chest 24 seven, right? Like, Oh there it feels so good when you when you let go of that multitasking mentality.
1: Yeah, it's so true. But how do we know what we should actually be working on, right?
0: What's really important? Oh, okay. So this comes to actually two parts. So the first part is maybe more a little we'll say philosophical. So the first part is really knowing your core values. What matters to you? What is most important? And this is, this is drilling down. So if I actually got to have a conversation with someone and I'm asking this, I'm going to say, but why? And they're going to answer. And then I'm going to say, but why? And they're going to answer. And I'm going to probably drill down like five times. I mean, if we're being honest, I want to get them to tears. Okay. Like I want real, like this is what matters. And I remember having this moment and I remember thinking if everything was stripped away, what Matters most? What is the most important identity that I have? And it was instant motherhood. And once I recognized that, I was like, okay, then I'm not showing that. If we look at my schedule, if we look at the way I was living my life, my kids would not know without a doubt, oh, I'm the most important thing. And I think there's a lot of women who, you know, that it hurts us because we realize our kids would say, or maybe have said something around our phones or our business or our computer being the most important thing. So first we have to get very, very clear on what matters most. That's the philosophical part. Okay. Then comes the actual tactical part. So now when we're talking about tactical, then we start really looking at how we can do the right things in the right order. And what I love to do is I love to use a combination of a brain dump and the Eisenhower Matrix. So everyone knows a brain dump. It's all the things you're thinking about that you need to do. You just dump them all out on a sheet of paper. The Eisenhower Matrix, that takes us through organizing them in a way that really shows us what matters most. So Eisenhower Matrix, it's named after Dwight D. Eisenhower, president, super, super productive. People were like, how in the heck is this man as productive as he is? They wanted to understand it. Breaks down into four parts. Number one, is these are the things that are urgent and important. These are probably the things that you need to do today, right? Like there are those like, okay, got to get them done. Number two is important, but not urgent. These are the things that we neglect because they're not urgent, but they're the ones that actually move our business forward. They're probably the things like, I should hire someone. I should build a system for this. I should automate this, right? Like they're the things that will actually grow our business. It's writing the book that you've dreamed of or building the course or starting the business, or it's, it's the things that are never urgent, but they're truly what are going to bring you to your greatest vision of your life. Then number three is, um, urgent, but not important. And four is not important, not urgent, not important, not urgent, pretty much just be like, yeah, bye. No, I'm not making time for you at all. And then the, um, Number three, you can look at that one. That's really great for outsourcing, delegating, um, or saving it for later. So it seems like it's urgent, but it's not important. So you wanna spend as little time in the three and fours. You wanna spend as much time as you can in the one and two. So what I do is I brain dump and then I start giving everybody, everybody everything a number. Like this gets a one, this gets a one, this gets a two, this gets a three. And now I can put it into a very linear format where I can see, okay, these are my ones, these I need to do right away. My twos, I'm going to start scheduling those into my calendar so that I will actually make time for these priorities that aren't They're not urgent, but they are important. They're what are going to move my goals forward. And then three and four, I'm either outsourcing, I'm delegating, or I am saying goodbye. And I'm just pushing it off the list completely. So those, those are the two ways that I figure out what is the actual order? What should I be working on? What really matters? First, I have to know what matters most to me. Once I know that, then I can take all those things I'm thinking about that I think I need to do and I can get them into their proper order
1: beautifully said. And I love that matrix, by the way. I know. Um, Isn't it amazing? I
0: knew you'd know it for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also it all starts with a mindset in believing that you can make more with Mm. working less hours.
0: Oh, it's so true. I think we have this mentality that we believe that the harder you work, the Mm. more money you make. And that seems logical. But if we really think about it, I know a lot of people who they work way harder than me. I mean, like manual labor, let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they are putting in some crazy hours, manual labor, and, and they're making a fraction of, of what others are making. So we could flip that on our head on its head really quickly with just a little bit of like pausing and being like, is this true? Does this make sense? And so once we can do that, once we can recognize, well, wait, I know people who I'm going to be honest, they they work a lot harder than I do. They put in a lot more hours, but they're not seeing the same results. And I know people who are working even less than I am. And they're having even bigger results than me, right? Once we start looking at all those things, then we can get those mind shift changes happening where we can say, okay, wait a minute. I can work less and make more. This is possible. Now, how am I going to do it? And then we just let our brain start doing the work of creative problem solving and figuring out how can I make this happen?
1: Beautifully said. How do you stay productive? How do you stay motivated? Is there
0: a favorite quote that you go by in life? Oh, okay. So the quote that pretty much since the ambulance, okay, (laughs) since that moment that I have lived by, it's by David O. McKay. And he said, no other success can compensate for failure in the home. And that has been my mantra. Like I live by that every time I have new big ideas. Cause I mean, the thing is, is we still have dreams. We still have ambitions. I'm still the same me who is an overachieving loves to work like what else can I accomplish person? That's who I am. But I check myself against that, that quote, that mantra all the time is, am, am I reaching for something that would mean failure in the home? But ultimately every yes means no somewhere. And when I realized that I started recognizing that all of these yeses I was saying, cause I didn't want to miss an opportunity. I didn't want them to say, you know, to go ask somebody else instead of me, it meant no somewhere. And most of the time it meant no for my family. It meant no for my, my spouse and my kids and, and my health and all of those things. And so now I really check when I'm looking at an opportunity, what would this mean no to, and am I okay with that? How am I going to make this work so that I'm I'm feeling good so that I'm keeping that that work life balance or or as I'll say, you know, I'm balancing the busy. Perfect.
1: So if our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you?
0: Well, since they're in their podcast app right now and we already know they love podcasts and they have very good taste because they listen to your podcast, then I think they should come check out Balancing Busy, which is my podcast, and then they can go to balancingbusy.com and that'll take them to anything and everything else. But for right now, just when you're done with this episode, go find Balancing Busy and subscribe and take a listen to my podcast. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much.
1: To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in live transitions, getting unstuck,